At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. What up, folks? Welcome in. Yes, I'm back here on the desk, Matt Humans. Really quickly, shout out to the big guy. Off for his birthday today, a, a very young 40 years old, I would assume, Matt Humans is turning today. So happy birthday to Matt. He'll be back tomorrow. Good, a good show on tap today, though. Coming up in 15 minutes, Will Hill, VEASAN contributor, host of the New York City Cast, will be with us as we discuss everything in Major League Baseball on this 4th of July. So hopefully you have a really good one and a safe one as well. Uh, none of the uh, holding fireworks and losing fingers. I've seen enough videos on the Internet to scar me for life when it comes to something like that. So we don't want to discuss it. And also a shout out to Joe. Chestnut, who earlier today uh, gets his win very much under the number. I don't know if you guys saw the couple of things that led into this. One, um, the protester who ran on to the stage and had a sign. I thought it was like a joke because it's something about the Death Star, but apparently it's like a pork factory or something like that. And yeah, I really had to look into it. But uh, Joey Chestnut, kudos to not only winning this thing, but also body slamming the dude while you're injured. Fantastic performance from Chestnut, who gets the win but stays under his dog total. Uh, and also a lot of late money coming in on the dog total. I think a lot of people saw the crane, the foot, and were really freaked out by it. So we saw a lot of late money coming in on the under there. Also, baseball, to me, for 4th of July, means baseball. So we got a lot of day games that are currently underway and or final. Uh, for those who are wondering and keeping an eye on it, wanted to update everything going on as of this point right now, really quickly. Uh, the early game today that was between Washington and Miami, that is in the books. The Marlins get a 3-2 win in 10 innings. So the Marlins playing some really good baseball at this point right now, coming in on a pretty good run. So they come in here and they get a win as a small underdog on the road against the Washington Nationals by a score of 3-2 to two in extra innings. Three games that are currently underway, one of which is a doubleheader. Bottom of the eighth inning, the Texas Rangers today. Up, or excuse me, uh, tied 5-5 in the bottom of the eighth. Runners on first and second for the Baltimore Orioles here in this game. Orioles closing as a small underdog at home. Minus 109 for the Rangers, minus 101 coming back on the Baltimore Orioles. So again, runners first, second with two outs. Keep an update on that. Top of the ninth for game one of two between the Guardians and the Tigers. Guardians, as we know, last week at least, at the end of it, uh, coming off a very... Very fun series against that Twins team, but $1.32 favorite on the road, down 4-1 to the Tigers at this point, top of the ninth. So the Guardians, of course, last gasp here with a runner on second and two outs. And then top of the eighth inning, very important matchup between the Red Sox and the Rays, and we're talking about uh, seeding, standing, all of those things in the American League wildcard. Red Sox go off as a $1.14 favorite. They are a 2-0 leader at this point. Runner on second, though, top of the eighth. So we'll see if the Rays get into this with Wander Franco on 
the dish. With that, we are about eight, seven minutes away from first pitch between Chicago and Milwaukee. So let's touch on this really quickly. You get Steele and Lauer opposing one another. You saw an opener of minus 145 for Milwaukee. You were pretty much in that same ballpark for the most part. Three cent bump in favor of the Brewers, depending on where you shop. Coming back, plus 138, total of eight and a half. Recent news here, it does look like, say, Suzuki has been activated off the injured list, so good news for the Chicago Cubs. But Steele, uh, this is an interesting matchup. You get two of three at Wrigley for the Cubs from Boston over the weekend. They have won their last three series, so they come in with a 6-3 and three record over their last nine games. Milwaukee, I guess, showing some consistency. 6-2 and two in their last eight. Coming off a four-game split, though, at Pittsburgh over the weekend. Justin Steele gets the start for the Chicago Cubs. Some blowouts, which has inflated his ERA, but sometimes worth backing if you dig a little bit deeper. 439 ERA, but a 355 expected, 350 fielding independent. Command's been kind of an issue for Steele at times, but the rest of his profile, really solid. Ground ball guy, nearly two ground balls of fly balls. Doesn't give up a bunch of hard contact at all. Just over a third of his batted balls uh, with a hard hit rate. Uh, Offense has been average, but back in the Cubs, asking Steele to perform pretty well here in this bullpen to hold on to a lead, and we know this bullpen, 445 ERA, 399 fielding independent, and a little bit of an issue with home runs, 1.3 every nine. At the same time, though, don't think I'm laying this price with Lauer because Lauer has uh, not been great, and he's coming off of a brutal June. 683 ERA last month, 659 fielding independent, eight home runs over the last 27 and two-thirds for Eric Lauer. So on the surface, seems like a little bit of a big price there for Lauer and the Brewers, uh, but we will see if Suzuki and the Cubs can get this done here today. Again, the recent news that Suzuki getting activated off of the injured list. So with that, you know, it's funny. So during, um, during my time off, and I was just telling this to Will Hill the other day, um, it was July 1st, like the calendar turns to July, and I'm like, dude, I'm way behind on football stuff. Like, it feels like it's football season. Like, it's right around the corner. It's coming up. And, you know, we've seen this on the network, right, ratcheting up some of the football coverage. So wanted to talk a little bit, put the toe in the water when it comes to the National Football League to start the show today. What better sport to do on America's birthday, right? Um, so PFF the other day came out with their top 10 rosters, top 10 starting lineups going into the 2022 season. And there are some interesting things. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm getting all choked up because I'm super excited about being back. Um, there's some interesting aspects of this when it comes to looking at this in comparison with some title lots. So let, let's throw up the list, and I don't think anybody would really be surprised when you look at the top uh, of this list when it comes to PFF's top 10 rosters in 2022. So first off, you get the Buffalo Bills, uh, by far the best team uh, in the National Football League, it seems, and something that I've really come around on here. I know at times I've been a little bit of a – critic, if you will, of Josh Allen and a little too strong, but the accuracy issues that he has uh, overcome at this point of his career have been awesome. He's been real. Like, the cool thing about a guy like Allen is he's overcoming his weaknesses and actually stepping forth to become one of the best young quarterbacks in the National Football League. And on top of that, this is a roster that overall has been absolutely fantastic. They give questions about what the edge rushing situation is, but as we know, uh, when you talk about getting production out of some of your signings in the offseason, there's some real potential here for Buffalo, and they, le- they clearly look like the best team on paper coming into this season. So what I wanted to point out were a couple of things about this list. And these are, again, just the top 10. They actually rank the top 32 or all the 32 teams. And I want to get into some of the teams that are a little bit further down. Uh, But three things I want to take away from here. First off, Chargers at number three, currently 14 to one at DraftKings to win the National Football League title or the Super Bowl. I'm I'm, uh, all wrapped up in other stuff like college football uh, prep. So calling it a title, it's a Super Bowl championship. Um, but that, I felt like that was crazy high. And then you look at some of the stuff, and again, you start to get ready for the season, and you dive into stuff when it comes to the Chargers roster because they were a team that I came into this year thinking, like, not so much that I wanted to play against, but that the market was a little high when it came to futures, when it came to win totals, like wanting to bet on them under their win total. You see the number right there, 10.5 shaded to the under buck forty-five. And a lot of this is deriving from really strong offensive line, the play of Justin Herbert, which has not really taken a step back. He's been incredible. I think one of the things that worries you about the Los Angeles Chargers, again, their roster is fantastic, uh, but how much are they going to improve from a defensive interior standpoint? That run run defense was one of the worst in the National Football League. It held them back at times, a lot of times, when it came to their season last year. Very disappointing, I think by standards at least, 9-8. and And when you conflate that with maybe the third best roster in the National Football League and the title odds at 14-1, to maybe the 14-1 to does make a little bit more sense. But when I looked at the Chargers overall – 
when you have a glaring weakness in terms of your run defense and there hasn't been a great addition to really cement what's going on with your team, I do wonder if maybe from PFF's own rankings and from the perception of the Chargers coming into this year that this is still kind of an overvalued team. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But again, when you talk about 14-1, to 1, it seems really short in my mind. And even at three for their roster, that seems really strong uh, when I was looking at everything overall. And this is just one outlet's perception of a roster, and they go by their own system. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But Chargers clearly have a lot of respect coming into this year, and you can tell that by a lot of different Different stuff. The other thing that I wanted to point out, we were two, two more. First off, the Cleveland Browns at 28 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, these odds via DraftKings, and the sixth best roster in the National Football League, uh, according to PFF. As we know, we have no idea what's going on with the quarterback situation, and you would assume that it is one Jacoby Brissett that comes into this year uh, as the starter to come out. And I got to tell you, like Jacoby Brissett. If you look at some of his best years, it was guys like Frank Reich doing their best to put a system around him that would maximize his abilities. But when you have a Browns team, which is pointed out in PFF's breakdown of their roster, that has the right side of their offensive line, which is one of the best in the NFL, the best running back room in the National Football League, a, I think that one of their stats in their article was on designed run plays over the last two years, they're averaging 4.8 yards per carry. A defense that has a lot of talent on all three levels, specifically corner and we know edge, I think those are really positions when it comes to their defense. From a future standpoint, I really don't want to touch a lot when it comes to Cleveland, but is this going to be kind of an undervalued team as you come into the year on a day-to-day basis? Because if you put Brissett into a situation in which he doesn't have to do that much, he's surrounded by a running game that could be one of the best in the National Football League, plays within structure, in which that structure we know can be very good, I do wonder if Cleveland comes into this year with so much unknown about the most important position that maybe they're going to be a team to back as we go on a week-to-week basis as you move forward. And clearly you can see, at least, again, by one outlet standards, it's a really good roster. And if you just get a baseline to play from a quarterback spot, that maybe this is going to be a team that, again, not from a future standpoint because there's too much going on, but from a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week basis, should say, that maybe this is a team worth looking at when we get to week one, week two, week three, and onward. And the last thing to point out here is the team right below Cleveland, and that would be the Philadelphia Eagles at 25-1 to 1, uh, to win a title. Again, a number that I think seems relatively short, but one of the best offensive lines overall in the National Football League, a very good defensive line as well. Uh, so questions about the secondary, specifically when it comes to safety, and also – what a guy like Jalen Hurts looks like when you're talking about being ready to and not even take on the mantle because it was his team last year. How are you developing as you move forward as a passer? Because one of the things that really stuck out at the end of the season last year was that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clearly put all the effort into stopping that running game and asking Jalen Hurts to beat us, which he did not. And it was an ugly game for the Eagles, and it was not even close as the final score indicated. And so as you look at this team that's got a really good roster, they've upgraded it in the offseason, and clearly, as according to PFF, a top-10 roster in the National Football League, if Jalen Hurts can come along a lot stronger as a quarterback, if that development is true, well, this is a team that maybe you could argue – is the best team in the NFC East because the Cowboys, they were very far down the list from a roster standpoint on PFF's roster rankings. And I want to point out one last thing because they're not in the top 10, but they're right outside. I think they were 11 or 12. I think they were 11. The New Orleans Saints have a really good roster, and I'm a really big Jameis Winston fan. And I think this team has a lot of upside, and especially if Jameis Winston can play to uh, a level that I think is perfectly possible for a guy like him. But again, one of those teams that are hovering in that mid-range with a roster that is absolutely loaded with talent. But I thought it was a fun exercise to kind of look at that and compare those up uh, with some of those odds. All right, when we come back, let's dive into Major League Baseball. Will Hill is going to join us next here on The Edge. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN summer specials here for only $19. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VSIN's daily best bets, including Anna Burke's daily Major League best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want. It costs us only 19 bucks to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. I was going to make a reference that probably was going to get me in trouble. I don't know why it popped in, so I got to get out of vacation mode really quickly. All right, William Hill is nice enough to give us some time today. Vicent, contributor, host of the New York City cast, which I was honored to be a part of on the episode today. Will, good to talk to you again, buddy. Uh, so let's uh, let's start with baseball before we get to some of the other stuff that you and I discussed. And first off, uh, your thoughts on one of the greatest athletes of our time, uh, of course, going down, getting his hot tug title yet again, Joey Chestnut getting a done on America's birthday. Yeah, uh, another victory. He was a huge favorite. I think he was minus 5,000 in some spots. Uh, An underdog that did cash. He was, I think, plus 2,500 to put somebody in a chokehold. So he successfully did that. That cashes, uh, I think, 63 hot dogs was the final. So he goes way under. I think part of it was the chokehold. That took some of the steam out of him. It took some time uh, off of his, you know, focus there. And then, of course, he was dealing with, I, I believe, a ruptured tendon. So a lot of a lot of signs pointed to the under coming in. So uh, the unders cash. Any contrarian betters here rooting for the hot dogs instead of the person, uh, you know, get their bets home here on an early winner, a pretty easy winner. So, yeah, just uh, an impressive performance by Joey Chestnuts. I, I wonder what his stomach. I wonder when he starts to feel the effects of that. You know, I've never eaten 70, 60, 70 hot dogs. So I don't know when that starts to kick in. But I'd imagine right about now he's feeling a little uh indigestion, a little discomfort there in the stomach area. Yeah, he's an athlete. And he'll fight through it. Uh, ice bath, and you'll be good to go in a couple of hours. I will say that uh, there was a sports science episode when they were doing those frequently uh, about like the stomach of a professional eater and what it does. And like they they literally just had a transparent body that they just shoved hot dogs in the gullet to see what the stomach does. Uh, the human body is it's incredible. Also, uh, shout out to all the athletes who kept eating uh, when they saw weakness when Joey had to slam the guy to the floor. So really good strategy. There. All right, we have baseball today. Uh, did you get involved with any of the games that are currently underway or the one that was final that went to extras, Miami and Washington? Uh, I just, I've been fading Corbin pretty uh, pretty regularly, yeah. so I didn't give it up on the air, so I don't, I don't want to like pass post it here, but I think uh, a rule of thumb is just bet against Patrick Corbin. He's actually pitched pretty well his past two starts, but uh, the Marlins get the win. I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but it was uh, it's not, not something I gave out, but the under was one of the bad beats, and with the extra innings rules the way they are now, you get some bad beats here on the totals. The game was like, I think, 2 nothing bottom eight, and then they just started trading scores. You know how that goes once it gets the extra innings, and that game went over, but I... Uh, I did fade Corbin here, who 
Look, he's seen better days. Like I said, he started to pitch a little better recently, but uh, he's uh, he's a pretty profitable guy to, to bet against. So what do you make, and the reason I wanted to bring this up, and I'm glad you went to that game, was what do you make of Miami big picture-wise here? Because this is a team that's now won five straight. They get my, they get the uh, Angels, who love to strike out, coming to their park here, coming up uh, tomorrow. This seems like it's a team that's got some upward mobility. We know about the lineup and how poor it's been, but is this a team that you think could find their way through a soft portion of their schedule, which they are right now, into perhaps a wild-card berth nationally? league as it stands are four and a half games back is there a chance for this team to actually get a playoff spot i think there is and man if they ever got in they would not be fun to play with no. what they can throw out at you with alcantara lopez uh rogers has had a bad year if you could ever figure out him out in in terms of you know what's bothering him with whether it's mechanics whether it's uh, you know, whatever it is in terms of the control, this is a dangerous team and they have more pitching coming down the pike, whether it's Max Meyer, uh, Lazardo's hurt. He's been up and down. Uh, remember Sixto Sanchez was dominant in that shortened season two years ago and, and great in the playoffs. We haven't seen much from him. So yeah, I would think they have moves to make. I'll be interested to see how aggressive they are because you know, it's a weird ownership situation. Are they going to spend the money to go out and add pieces? And, and like I said, if they got in, I don't know what their number is to win it all right now. I'm sure they're triple digits, hundred one or something like that. They are not a fun team to play in a short series. All right, Mets, uh, the 49-30, and 30, their lead in that uh, National League East is shrinking only three and a half games up on the Atlanta Braves. We get the St. Louis Cardinals later today. They're on the road taking on Hunter Green and the Cincinnati Reds. Play here. Yeah, I laid it with the Mets here. I just don't know that Green has the repertoire here to be a good pitcher yet. He's got a little nucleolution where the stuff is just off the charts. Every pitch is over 100 miles an hour. He's just like he's basically a two pitch pitcher now. He struggles with command. Uh, I think this is a good spot for the Mets. Uh, a warm night in that ballpark. Ball should travel well. Walker's actually pitched pretty well. Some of the underlying stats aren't as pretty, but I think it's a pretty short price here for a Mets team that, look, they need to keep winning. They're in the middle of a pennant race here. So they got the Braves right on their heels. They've done pretty well fending them off every time they need to win a game to keep it uh, at a reasonable lead here. They've done so. So uh, I like the Mets here. We could talk Yankees, too, but inexplicably, the Yankees are off not only Memorial Day, but 4th of July, which is just ridiculous. I mean, you think of baseball, you think of Memorial Day, 4th of July. To have these teams that are off on the 4th of, of July just uh, makes no sense like a lot of the other things that Major League Baseball it, does. Is that true? I think Scott Seidenberg tweeted out, like, this is the first time in 100 years that the Phillies haven't played on the 4th of July. It's it's incredible. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it's tradition. You, you don't even think of I don't even remember until a year or two ago. It was automatic. Memorial Day, 4th of July. These teams played. Sometimes they played doubleheaders. Uh, somebody tweeted out, you know, great days in Yankee history. 4th of July, 1928, I think it was. Lou Gehrig gives his famous I remember it uh, luckiest man in the, on the face of the earth speech. 1983, Ron Guidry throws a no-hitter. And then 2022, Yankees have an off day in Pittsburgh. So <laughs> a, uh, a great lineage of, of great days here on 4th of July for the Yankees. Well, if there's a team that needs more coverage and, uh, you know, national spotlight, it is the New York Yankees. That is absolutely for sure. Uh, all right, we got some games later today in baseball. Uh, really quick, want to get your thoughts on a couple of the big ones. Uh, how about Minnesota and Chicago, Bundy and Cueto? Want to get your thoughts here because I just watched Cueto go to Anaheim, and it was a weird performance. Six innings, seven hits, three earned runs, all of them courtesy of solo shots, strikes out five. June. You see some underlying, yeah, some shakiness there. 490 fielding independent. Uh, the wheels coming off of Cueto against the lineup that has the potential to get to him potentially here. They're $1.21 favorite. Yeah, I didn't play this game. I am fascinated by this. This is a weird race. It's a three-way race between the Twins, the White Sox, the Guardians. The Twins have lost a bunch of games they should have won the last week, and they got a couple of them back this weekend against Baltimore. I think it was Friday night and Saturday afternoon. They entered the bottom of the ninth down a run, and they end up walking with two runs in the bottom of the ninth in both of those games. The White Sox, I think we can all agree, are the most talented team in this division. But with the injuries, everything with La Russa, they just can't seem to get it together. Uh, I do have some futures on the Twins to win this division. My guess is White Sox probably get, get it together here, get a little healthier. Lynn's been bad, but I think they have enough talent here to win a division. But as far as this game goes, uh, maybe I'll get involved in-game, which I know is not great content to give out, but I did not play anything pre-flop. Like you mentioned, Cueto, uh, they've done a nice job getting a solid performance out of him. Look, he's fun to watch. He's different. He's like Cortez, where he, he mixes up his you know speeds, his arm angles, uh, keeps you off balance, does funky deliveries, doesn't have the stuff he used to have when he was an ace for 
you know, Cincinnati, even Kansas City years back. But, uh, yeah, no play on this game for me. All right, what about Hudson taking on Kyle Wright? The uh, Braves opened up a big favorite, $1.68 against St. Louis here. Uh, an important series. These are two teams that are in the wild card race. St. Louis holding on to the last one. They're two and a half games back from Atlanta. As we mentioned for the Braves, not only wild card, uh, but creeping ever so slightly up on the Mets. This price up to minus 170 in some spots. And the Cardinals uh, not playing their best baseball of late either. No, the Cardinals haven't been great. Uh, I'm not a fan of Hudson. If anything, I you know, I might actually end up betting a Braves team total over. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me, whether it's four and a half or five and a half. It's a big difference. If I can get over four and a half. Now you're the home team, so you might not get that ninth at bat. But I am looking to fade Hudson here, so I, I might end up taking the Braves in some form or fashion. All right, we got two and a half minutes, so uh, when we uh, when we get you out of here, we're going to transition to the NBA. So I want to get your thoughts uh, as a setup for what we're going to talk about here. You and I discussed everything going on with Kevin Durant. We don't know what's going on as of this point now, uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts on what you and I discussed in terms of the guilty pleasure that I kind of felt, and you, I think you do too. The Philadelphia 76ers as we head into the 2022 season, which is not until October, but I think I'm going to get tempted to do this again here, Will, and I think you're on the same page with me, right? Sometimes I wake up and I just spend the first hour of my day staring off into a distance, wondering how the hell the Sixers lost to the Hawks (laughs) in the playoffs two years ago, up two games to one, up 17 in game four, up 25 at home in game five, had a lead in game seven at home, and they lose that series. I had a big future on them at a great price. Just need to get to a conference finals and hedge. Last year, same thing. I got them before the Harden deal. Uh, you know, they flame out against Miami. I think I'm taking the bait again. I just love what they've done. I think Tucker, House, Melton, you know, they add some toughness, some two-way players, guys who can defend, guys who can shoot threes. I think Maury's done a very good job building around Harden and Bede. I think they finally have some playoff players. I think they're a top two or three team in the East. I, I don't think there's a lot that separates, you know, them, the Bucks, the Celtics. Uh, I think they're going to be right there. Now, something always seems to go wrong with them, whether you want to blame Doc, whether you want to blame Embiid's injuries, uh, just bad luck, maybe a combination of the three. But I think I'm going to do it again. I think I'm, I'm going to go in here. I'd like a little more than the whatever 12 to 1 that's out there. Maybe there's some better prices. Is that a 15 to 1 or is that what they opened at? That was last week. I'd like week. a little more than 12 like to 1, but I am certainly interested interested here. Uh, in a Philadelphia future, as much as I hate to say it. Yep, me too. And they're pulling me back in. Will Hill, New York City cast. Make sure you check that out, vcin.com as well. Will, good to talk to you, man. Thank you for the time of this 4th of July. Don't blow up any appendages, all right? JV Tizzle, I will not make any promises, but uh, thanks for having me on. Enjoy your holiday, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. It don't be the guy that, uh, you know, yesterday, so is this a sign of me getting old? There was like a group of people outside my apartment yesterday until like, 1130 lighting off fireworks. I'm like, it's it's the 3rd of July. What are we doing? All right, we'll come back. We have had a lot going on in the NBA, and I've been gone, so let's discuss on the other side. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. So it's been a wild couple of days in the NBA. They, out of all the off-seasons, I think it's pretty safe to say that the NBA has arguably the best off-season, considering how dramatic it can be and everything that happens when it comes to some of the transactions. So the biggest story, of course, is the one that comes out of Brooklyn. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, of course, want out. Kyrie Irving seems very much destined to go to the Los Angeles Lakers, but eh, that's fine. We want to talk about the needle mover here, which is a guy like Kevin Durant and where he's going to potentially end up. And the odds have been all over the place. I know DraftKings for a while uh, had odds up specifically as to where will Kevin Durant play next year. Uh, It has been taken down, it seems, at this point right now. So we'll see if that's going to change. The big mover was the Toronto Raptors, uh, which we'll get into momentarily. Uh, But first, let's set the scene here. Adrian Wojnarowski uh, up on ESPN talked about this late yesterday what a package would look like for one Kevin Durant and what the process would be there. And let's take a listen. Well, listen, there's still a lot of conversations going on between Brooklyn, teams around the league. You know, two of the teams that Kevin Durant would like to play with, the Phoenix Suns, the Miami Heat, you know, they've both been in pretty consistent contact with Brooklyn, I'm told. Uh, But I think both teams 
individually may not have enough to do a deal with Brooklyn without being able to go out and move some pieces around in three-player, four-player trades. And I think for Brooklyn, and I think they're even uh, more determined after they see the Rudy Gobert trade, the DeJounte Marie trade, the number of picks and assets moving, five first-round picks essentially for Rudy Gobert. What's Kevin Durant worth? And I think uh, not just the picks, and I think Brooklyn is going to try to exhaust you know, four or five first-round picks, four pick swaps in it, but also at least an all-star level player. And, I mean, the worst thing that could have happened for the for any Kevin Durant suitor was the fact that, as was mentioned there, DeJounte Murray and Rudy Gobert get shipped off for the prices that they do. But I think really when you look at this, and this kind of brings me back to how you handle this from a betting perspective, right, which is when the news comes out that Kevin Durant wants to trade and he wants to go to either Phoenix or Miami with Phoenix being his preference, all of a sudden Phoenix moves up to being the favorite in terms of the overall thing, the NBA Finals, right? And totally understand from the perspective of, hey, look, you don't want to be front run. You don't want guys and gals to just come in, just pound the Phoenix Suns at the odds that they were at, whether it was like, you know, 9-1, to one, whatever it was, uh, and get loaded up on liability, and then he goes there, and all of a sudden they're like 4-1 to one and maybe a little bit cheaper to win a title because Kevin Durant's there with Booker and Chris Paul, yada, yada, right? Totally understand that. But at the same time, this is a unique situation which is Kevin Durant's under contract for four years. Kevin Durant does not have the same um, leverage that guys on an expiring contract do. So that changes things. If you're Brooklyn, that allows you to look around and shop around. Thus, what Adrian Wojnarowski's talked about there, where really if you look at it on the surface, maybe, especially Miami, like there was one, there was one anonymous Eastern Conference exec that was quoted saying that a package of Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, and Duncan Robinson is the best the Nets are going to get. It's laughable. It's probably Heat executive because there's much better deals out there potentially, which leads me to one team, and it's a team that I took a small flyer on at 50-1 to to win the NBA title. It's still out there here in Las Vegas. William Hill's got them up there as of an hour ago or so, and it's the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors have been there. They have done that. I talked about DraftKings and the odds coming down. Other places still have it up. But Toronto has slowly moved to being the second choice on the board in some spots that have odds up on Kevin Durant's next destination. And the Raptors make a lot of sense. The Raptors reportedly have, quote, balked at the idea of including a Scotty Barnes type uh, as a centerpiece for the trade, but it's also been reported that maybe that's more posturing than anything else and that they would still potentially put Scotty Barnes in a deal depending on what the overall deal would be. So you have a potential centerpiece there. You also have a team, as we mentioned, has done this before. And it's done this before, and from a betting perspective, too, if you guys remember the year in the offseason in which uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, was shipped off to the Toronto Raptors, they were at one point in the range of about 50, 60 to 1 to land Kawhi Leonard. And then just out of nowhere, all of a sudden, you see the odds start to go from 50 to 40 to 20 to 10 to to the favorite over the span of a few days on offshore markets. And then what happens? Kawhi Leonard ends up being a Toronto Raptor. The rest is history there. They're a good franchise. There are reports out there that Kevin Durant has warmed up to the idea, whatever that means, of playing with Toronto. And it's really good structurally, right? Even if it's Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., you know, one more piece – if he sticks, if he plays with a team that has a Fred Van Vliet and a Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, who just resigned there, it is a really solid core. OG Ananobi, we'll see if he ends up being part of the deal too. There's a solid core there for the Toronto Raptors. And again, remember, Kevin Durant's under contract for four years. So maybe this year, this is not the year that the Toronto Raptors win the title. But a core of Siakam, Kevin Durant, Fred Van Vliet, and others, as we just discussed, as you move forward into next year, gives you a really strong base to build upon that for the next three years after that, you're probably one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. So I really do think that when we're talking about this and looking at it, I think what a team can offer should be really important. It should be more important than where Durant wants to go because he doesn't really have leverage when it comes to that. Hell, one of the other teams I've thrown out there too and talking to some other people was the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans have a centerpiece potential. I mean, I think the Nets would ask for Zion Williamson, but probably Brandon Ingram would be a really good centerpiece. A like player to Kevin Durant, right, in terms of similarities, 6'10", 6'11", scorer, mid-range shooter, all that kind of stuff. They have a lot of assets and a lot of draft capital that they don't get, like, that aren't theirs, that aren't tied to them, i.e. Lakers picks, things like that, that the Brooklyn Nets might want a little bit of. That's a team that also has some assets that hasn't really been talked about a whole bunch when it comes to landing Kevin Durant. So again, well, the Suns are the team he wants to go to, and the Suns have found their way up the board because of that. I, I, like, I, I really, and the odds reflect that, 
Wouldn't be surprised if it's somewhere else like a Toronto in which Kevin Durant ends up. There's been a lot of time, though, and I think it's going to take time to get this settled. The offseason has just started. It's the longest offseason we've had in a really long time for the NBA. They're not going to play again until October, so we know that since he's got a four-year deal, there is no rush to get this thing done. But assume that Kyrie Irving finds his home before Kevin Durant does. It does seem like that's going to potentially be the Lakers. But I would just, when you're looking at this from that perspective, again, when you can find somewhere, which there's a place out here in Las Vegas that still has them at 50-1 to when the rest of the market is at like 25-30-1 to in that range on the Toronto Raptors, it's worth a small flyer at this point right now because I do think that Toronto has a very good, very good shot at landing Kevin Durant and maximizing what he can potentially be. So with that, uh, the other moves that I think we I really want to discuss here, uh, first off, I wanted to start with the Atlanta Hawks. And I'm really – so I, I, I made the joke um, over the last couple of days that the Hawks are now my highest power-rated league pass team. Can't wait to watch what the Atlanta Hawks are going to be. And I know a lot of people – are throwing out the, ah, you know, I don't know how this really works. Well, there is potential here for the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young and DeJounte Murray working together. And, and I've always said this, right? We talked about this when it came to James Harden coming into the Brooklyn Nets. When it came to basketball, when James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant were on the floor together, they were incredible. Statistically, they were one of the best teams we've seen. We just didn't see them a lot. Good players know how to work things out. And I think the Hawks are going to be able to work this thing out with DeJounte Murray. We have two elite guards like this. This is going to be a lot of fun. Now, these are small sample sizes I'm going to bring up, but it's just a really small example of how this can work for a team like the Atlanta Hawks. We've got three categories here to look at from a number standpoint and how this could work for Atlanta. So, And these are all from NBA tracking data. You can find all this stuff up on their website. But we're talking about plays that involve Trey Young when it comes to cuts to the basket, cut off-ball screens, and dribble handoffs. Again, all sorts of plays in which Trey Young does not primarily have the ball initially. And you look at this, and you see that from a possession standpoint, insanely small, right? Only 13 off-ball cuts to the basket, only 24 off-ball screens, only 77 handoffs for Trey Young in the regular season. But the efficiency is there. And it's, again, it's a really small sample size. So do I think that Trey Young is going to come out and when he's playing off-ball and cuts to the basket, the Hawks are going to come in and average 1.4 points per possession with DeJounte Murray or 1.4 points per possession and off-ball screens involving Trey Young? No. But is there the potential for Trey Young to be a pretty good off-ball player? I think absolutely. You see there, too, at the bottom, Young shot 48.1% on catch-and-shoot three-point attempts last season. He only shot one per game, so it's not like he was lighting up the world and getting a lot of those opportunities. But the, the comparison has been made, and this is not to say that they are players that are identical. But I think if you're Trey Young, you're watching a lot of Steph Curry film, and you're seeing how Steph Curry moves off ball. You're seeing how Curry works in terms of when he doesn't have it, how much he moves, how many screens he uses, what he does to get open. And you're doing that because I think if you're running more of this two-guard stuff, I think you want Young more off ball than you do a guy like DeJounte Murray. Murray hasn't really been a great catch-and-shoot three-point shooter or a three-point shooter overall. I think a guy like Trey Young is probably going to be your better option. But this and one team that I want to talk about the other end, Minnesota, in the big picture – these are not moves to win a title in my mind. I'm not running to bet the Atlanta Hawks to win the NBA Finals next year. I'm not really going to run to bet the Minnesota Timberwolves to do so. But does this make a team like Atlanta or a team like Minnesota one of those teams that's going to be an above-average type of squad when it comes to regular season standings, surpassing their win totals, being, as I have called them, try-hard teams attempting to win a top-three seed in their respective conference? I think absolutely. And the Hawks become a team that might be worth betting on in the regular season and that might be worth betting on from a future standpoint of win totals, but not so much when it comes to winning an NBA title. But I'll get to Minnesota, too, on the other side really quickly because I actually really do like that addition of Rudy Gobert for the Minnesota Twins. Um, and I think the ceiling might be higher for a team like that as opposed to Atlanta. But we'll have that wrap up everything when it comes to baseball, too, on this 4th of July as well. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of The Edge brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. If you're tired of the same old, same old when it comes to nicotine and you've been looking, hoping, wishing for a more satisfying, discreet, and smoke-free way to experience nicotine satisfaction, all you got to do is look for three letters, Z-Y-N. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a satisfying, smoke-free, spit-free, tobacco alternative. Available in 10 varieties, experiment, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to Zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. Warning, product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Uh, last note, because we were talking about this off the air, uh, just the incredible nature of these these uh, these people eating these hot dogs. When we did our hot dog eating contest, and I, it, by the way, can I confirm this or not? I don't want to. Is there a certain competition happening later today? on the VSIN network. I got an email about something, and I don't know if this is happening. It allegedly involved the Ben Wilson. I don't want to ask our homies over at Circa if you can. I don't want to blow the lid off of something that maybe was supposed to be a surprise. I don't know. Uh, but regardless, when we did the first one with Jimmy Vaccaro right outside here and Mitch Moss was on play-by-play, uh, the thing that really got me when we did it was the, uh, the taste, like the taste of the hot dogs. Not that the South Point hot, hot dog card is absolutely fantastic. Um, but, like, the repetitive taste of the hot dogs, dude, it was so gross. And how these guys are slamming down 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, and 70 with the same taste over and over again. Man, it's, uh, it is a really impressive feat. So, we'll get my vague details on something. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. I'll confirm it. No? Okay. All right. I guess not enough contenders, uh, I suppose. Also, liability? Lawyers? Who knows? All right. So, um, last note on the NBA before we wrap up the uh, baseball card, because I really did want to hit on two more, and we won't spend a lot of time on them, but really good moves that I think are like power rating shifting type of moves in the association as you start to get ready for the next season, um, which is first off, Minnesota and acquiring Rudy Gobert. From a regular season standpoint, I don't think there's any question. Again, there's always that specification. From a title standpoint, we can talk about that. But from like when it comes to competing in the regular season, when it comes to winning 50, 40, or excuse me, 40, uh, 50, pushing for 60 games, I think what the Minnesota Timberwolves did has some real potential to make them one of the best regular season teams in the NBA. Talking like top three seed in the Western Conference. Again, not so much top three team overall when it comes to winning a title, but winning as many games as possible in the regular season. That starting lineup has the potential to be devastating on both ends of the floor. From defensive standpoint, Carl Anthony Towns shifting over to power forward, having Rudy Gobert as your main rim protector, having seven-foot Carl Anthony Towns crashing in as a help defender. We saw having a center like that 
off-ball defensively. We saw what that did, right? It's not that the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to become the Boston Celtics, but remember, one of the adjustments that Emi Odoka made was moving Robert Williams off-ball primarily defensively and having him become more of a help defender, and that made the biggest difference in the world for their defense. The same is going to be said here. Your primary rim protector is now Rudy Gobert, and now your secondary rim protector, or the guy who's coming in, crashing, helping, doing all of the things that uh, Robert Williams is doing extremely well is seven-foot Carl Anthony Towns. So that's a pair that I think on defense is going to have a lot of potential. And there's still some stuff out there like when you play a team like the Clippers, for example, who seem really all bought in on the five-out type of format when, when it comes to winning some of these playoff series, when you're spread out, are you going to be able to ha- hold up to that? I think you are a lot better than Gobert's old team, the Utah Jazz. Gobert was surrounded by terrible on-ball defenders. Now you get a little bit of a better mix here in terms of Kyle Anderson, who could potentially be part of a closing lineup, depending on how a game shakes out. Anthony Edwards, a little bit more athletic when it comes to that. Point of attack in the ends of Russell, and eh, maybe not. But still, I think the level of individual defender across the board is better for Rudy Gobert when they're playing that five-out system as opposed to what was happening in Utah. And on the other side, look, they're going to use Rudy Gobert in different ways. I mean, he's a lob threat that is going to work wonderfully with D'Angelo Russell. He spaces the floor, Carl Anthony Towns, I should say. The space is going to be there for them. So I really like the potential there. So I'm really high on, again, from a regular season standpoint, win total standpoint, those sort of things. I think there's a lot of potential for them Minnesota Timberwolves. From a title standpoint, from an NBA Finals standpoint, I don't think you can't do anything but love the Malcolm Brogdon edition for the Boston Celtics. I think Brogdon is one of the more unheralded players in the National Basketball Association. And part of it is, I wouldn't say his own fault, but part of it is due to health and non-availability and playing for the Indiana Pacers. But Brogdon's exactly what they were looking for. Big-bodied combo guard who can run offense if he needs to, can switch with almost every single matchup out there, is a very good defender, has a high level of offense to him as well. I really enjoy, like, I really am going to enjoy uh, what the Boston Celtics look like with him out there. And then adding the depth of Danilo Gallinari, like they needed more playmaking. They got it in Brogdon. They needed a little bit more size and shooting. They got it in Danilo Gallinari. The Celtics, like what Brad Stevens is doing in that front office is really, really something. I think you really enjoy what they're doing on paper. And from like an odd standpoint, should they be the favorite? Not sure I'm there yet. But if we're talking, because I still really like the Milwaukee Bucks, and that, that addition to Joe Ingles flying under the radar is really good. But if you're talking about, again, a power, a power rating shifting type of move and more respect for a team when it comes to making your numbers as you head into next season, additions like Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari, for me at least, check the boxes of I'm, I'm upgrading the Boston Celtics as we go into next year. I really like uh, what they did. So we'll see if that's going to come to fruition. Again, Brogdon has been a guy that's missed a lot of time with injury but you really like it on the surface. With that, uh, let's go to Major League Baseball. I want to get to a couple of games. Uh, we threw a couple at Will Hill, but uh, these are some fascinating series before we get out of here last couple of minutes. First off, I mentioned Chicago and Minnesota with him, so let's talk about that really quickly. White Sox opened up a $1.27 favorite. Johnny Cueto on the hill opposing Dylan Bundy. Total opened to 9.5. Some of the odd shifts that we've seen. Uh, some spots got to like 121 on the White Sox. A small move toward Minnesota, but nothing really crazy here. Uh, a massive series for Chicago. Yes, in July. Uh, Four and a half games back in Minnesota for the AL Central lead. Twins coming off of a series win over Baltimore, but that brutal five-game series with Cleveland, their bullpen was absolutely horrendous. And the White Sox, maybe, showing some consistency as we've been waiting for. Swept San Francisco, one four out of five. Did lose a series to Baltimore and Anaheim prior to their weekend sweep. Um, but we'll see if maybe this is the start of some consistent play, especially in the divisional series. But Bundy has found a groove recently. He comes in off of three great starts. Last three for Bundy, 189 ERA, 245 fielding independent, over 19 innings pitched. You could quibble about the uh, competition on the road against Arizona and Colorado and then at Cleveland, but the underlying numbers for him paint a positive picture uh, than his ERA does. 471 ERA on the season, but a 389 expected, 432 fielding independent. Bundy is a potentially a guy that has been undervalued and, you know, pitching in contact, getting your defense involved, and the first time he faced Chicago, he was pretty solid. Five innings pitched, four hits, no walks, and no earned runs. Now, of course, you wonder if that bullpen, if he does have a lead, if that bullpen's going to be able to contain it because it's been an absolute nightmare for the Minnesota Twins. But still, Bundy has been a little bit of an undervalued pitcher, maybe a first five option. And I mentioned it to Will Hill. 
Johnny Cueto maybe coming down to earth a little bit. Uh, that outing in Anaheim was really weird. Uh, we're talking about six hitting pitch, seven hits, three earned runs, all coming courtesy of solo shots. Struck out five. June, you see some troubling signs, right? 382 ERA, 490 fielding independent, eight home runs over 35 and a third in June. 42.7% hard hit rate for Johnny Cueto. That is not good. A barrel rate of 11.7%. And this is a Twins team that could very much take advantage of that. We're talking about a Twins team that does, uh, I think they lead the league right now at this point in terms of barrel rate. Uh, it's a lineup that's got some pop to it, so you do wonder if that's going to kind of rear up and, and bite Johnny Cueto in the rear end there, especially when there's the numbers that kind of back it. Maybe he's playing with some fire. Then St. Louis at Atlanta. Really intrigued by this. Uh, I think that uh, Will mentioned not a big fan of Dakota Hudson. I would agree. Uh, Kyle Wright opposing him as well. Very important series for two NL wild cards. An important series for St. Louis. That gap ever so slightly starting to grow in the NL Central. Cardinals haven't been playing that great. Weekend series loss in Philadelphia. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10 games, and the Braves coming in on a solid run, 9-5 and five in their last 14. But Dakota Hudson, to give you some numbers as to why you really don't like him that much, Hudson's been knocked around. Perhaps some of that regression you were expecting. Last four, how about this for Hudson? 6.75 ERA, 5.08 fielding independent. His command's been terrible. 464 walks per nine or a walk rate of 11.8%. And you saw the opener of minus 168, a very slight bump in favor of the Braves up to minus 170. So you kind of understand a slight move there. Hudson has not been great. The Cardinals haven't been playing fantastic baseball either. So we'll see if the, the market gets this right. And uh, the last note really quickly uh, on the series, just two interesting series to keep an eye on later today. San Diego and Seattle. San Diego, $1.75 favorite opening. Sean Benaya versus Chris Flexen. Total of eight shaded to the over minus 120. And San Francisco uh, opens up as a $1.70 road favorite. Um, against the Arizona Car- or, me, Cardinals, the Arizona Diamondbacks. So with that, uh, before we get out of here, a, a quick shout. Hank Goldberg, uh, a uh, Titan and, of course, in the uh, media and sports betting industry, one of the first to kind of bring this in terms of sports media, passed away today on his birthday. And I know Matt will have more on this as we get to the show tomorrow. Matt will be back. Uh, but very much worth mentioning Hank's passing today. A uh, friend of the show, dare I say, he's been on the show multiple times. He's been really, really nice to me in my interactions that I've had with him and uh, a very big loss for the industry, too. So very much wanted to mention the fact that uh, former ESPN NFL reporter, handicapping expert, Hank Goldberg, has passed away at the age of 82. So with that, we are all done with the show today. Um, my Guys in the Desert coming up next. If you missed out on any part of this show, your favorite shows, go to vcin.com later tonight. We'll be posting up a new episode of Hardwood Handicappers, so make sure you check that out and everything else we have to offer. If you got a hankering for baseball, hey, make sure you check out Adam Burke's daily best bets as well. We'll see you tomorrow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.